So, welcome. Hi. Hello, Asta, our first... Am I pronouncing your name right? Yes, Asta. better than most people really? here. Asta. Yeah. It's Asta. So I tell people it's like pasta, but just remove the P. Ah, that's a nice way to say it. <laughs> <laughs> that's easy. Pasta, Asta. Asta. So nice to have you. You sent us an email in which you said, I am lonely. <laughs> oh <my laughs> I'm God. summarizing here. I'm summarizing. <laughs> that sounds bleak, but yeah, pretty much that's what happened. And then we thought, why not bring you on and let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Let's find you some <laughs> friends. <laughs> yes. So tell us what, um, what inspired you to reach out to us and like, what is like your story? Sure. So I am really new to Berlin. I moved about four months ago with my husband and it kind of happened randomly. Like there was no plan to move to Berlin in fact, we weren't even thinking of moving anywhere in Europe. You know, we always wanted to move out of India um, because we had spent pretty much our entire lives there and we wanted to, you know, have new adventures and things like that. But um, we, we weren't sure where we wanted to go. And then the pandemic happened. So we had no plans at all. And then um, uh, my husband was working with uh, a German uh, team. So he uh, got fascinated by the idea of moving to a place like Germany. He's also, uh, uh, he loves French. So he was also, you know, romanticizing the idea of maybe moving to France. Mm. So he just started looking at openings on LinkedIn and he started applying. And I was like, that's, I mean, okay, whatever. That That's not how it works. Where, but, where in India were you based? So uh, we were both working in Hyderabad. But uh, we are from different cities. Like I'm from near New Delhi. Uh, he's from uh, Bangalore. So okay. north and south. Um, but yeah, so he applied to this uh, startup, uh, Berlin-based startup, and they reached out to him. And one thing led to another. I mean, he he interviewed with them and it went really well. And they sent us a job offer. And we were like, wow. what? What's <laughs> happening? Like, this is so weird. Like, do people actually just uh, hire people like that? And I think post-pandemic, this is happening quite a lot. Mm -hmm. Can I ask what his qualifications are? Because we talked about how it's it can be extremely challenging to find yeah. a job, but also depending on your job, you know, it might yeah. be easy. Yeah, so he's a technical writer. Okay. So it's like a specialized skill like you need to be a really good writer but you also need to understand the tech world work with developers so it's more on the tech side mm -hmm. which is why there was like a, a shortage of, yeah. of skills like that he has and, a niche type of thing yeah exactly um so they sent us uh, the job offer and then um we applied for the visa and they were helping us with the visa and the relocation. And it was also surreal because in my head, I was like, what's happening? Wait, what? <laughs> what is happening? Yeah. <laughs> I'm being moved to a different continent. Everyone yeah. is moving here. And then when we got the visa, it was like, oh God, it's really happening. <laughs> like this little piece of paper is like kind of changing our lives. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly, you know, like if you imagine like a stop motion montage of just like our furniture getting packed up and us just leaving the house and saying goodbye to our families and just uh, getting on a plane to come to Berlin. And all of this happened within three months. Wow. wow. So it was so sudden. And then when we landed in Berlin, we were like, how did, this background change for us so drastically. Mm -hmm. Had you ever visited Berlin before? Because Jay at least had been here on like one week yeah. week <laughs> no. trip and fell Never. in love with the city. You just moved here, so sold all your stuff, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and just moved your entire lives here without ever having visited the city. Yeah. So we oh, hadn't ever visited Germany. Uh, we had visited other countries in Europe, like we had been to. Um, we had been to Prague, Belgium, Amsterdam, Paris, all that. So I, I, I knew what Europe is like. So I was excited. And it's such a different world. I mean, yeah. when we landed here, I mean, for the first two weeks, I was like a delirious puppy. Mm -hmm. Just like, oh my God, look at that. And oh, That's like, how I felt in India, by the way. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, you visited India. So yeah. you know how different totally. it is, It's right? a different world. Yeah. Yeah. So when we moved here, it was just 
two weeks of just pure adrenaline, excitement, mm-hmm. anxiety. Yeah. Everything mixed together. Yeah. And it was such a heady concoction because we had no idea what was happening. Like things were happening. Uh, we were looking at apartments and meeting people and doing a bunch of paperwork. And that's that's the story pretty much. What happened after those two weeks? Yeah, that's the interesting <laughs> bit. Um, so I guess something that I didn't consider when moving countries was just the range of emotions I was going to feel. Because in the beginning, it was just excitement and like, oh my God, it's going to be an adventure. We get to travel. It'll be amazing. We'll meet all kinds of people. And we always wanted that in our lives. Um, And in the beginning, when we were busy doing things, there was no time to think or feel anything. Things were just happening. But I think around the one month mark is when... Things took a turn. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I was just sitting and I remember I was just, I had this urge to cry. Mm Mm-hmm. But it, I wasn't really sad. I was feeling contradictory emotions. Like I was so happy and grateful that I got this chance. But I was also kind of mourning mm-hmm. what I had lost. And I never felt that enough. I didn't think that, oh my God, I was leaving my country. My friends were going to be away. My language, my food, all those things that make that I've known and loved my entire life were just going to go away from me. So I think that's when I let myself feel the the grief. And I talked to other friends who have also moved countries. And it, it's a concept. It's called migratory grief, which is basically mm-hmm. the loss of mm, life as you know it. Yeah. Yeah. I I experienced that, I think, as time goes on too. This type of like, especially when you start comparing things and how they're different here versus how somewhat easy it was maybe back at home or whatnot. Um, I get these moments, yeah, kind of like that where it's just like, you're very grateful. You're very appreciative of everything, but also it's also like, it's different and it's unique. And sometimes it's not really what you expect it to be. And if you're anything like me, I start somewhat debating if it was always the right choice for me to do what I did, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are so many things that I didn't consider, Mm -hmm. uh, like language barrier. And like you, I was also told everyone speaks English here. (laughs) And then I had these really difficult conversations with people (laughs) where I was using Google Translate to literally like understand what was happening. Um, So language barrier, I didn't realize how much stress and anxiety that would cause me because I'm a social person. But I'm so uncomfortable interacting with people because I know I should make that effort and I do. I say what, like whatever I know mm-hmm. of German, I go and use it on people. But it's an effort, right? So some some days I haven't gone out of my house because I just didn't want to interact. I didn't yeah, have the strength. 100%. I do the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have migratory grief. What's the difference between migratory grief and culture shock? Um, culture shock is when you, um, have interactions or you see things and you're like, wow, I had not expected things to be this way. Uh, migratory, migratory grief is, um, the very tangible loss that you begin to Mm. feel Mm, that I am not, I don't have access to the people I had, uh, and little things like I've started missing ordinary things like a type of spice Mm -hmm. that I don't get here. And I never gave two shits about that spice before, but just the fact that I don't have it here or like if I'm listening to a song that I I know I grew up with and then I feel like, oh, I don't have that shared context here anymore. So many times, so many times. Yeah, yeah. no, I get You make that. it joke and no one gets it yes yes the references like the spices is a big thing <laughs> such a big thing really but yes for oh you too because yes. for india i get it because like no that i is all about i'm from the, the south spices. i'm from the south <laughs> we we season um but there's <laughs> so season. many things that like i've missed or like don't get like for example techno hmm. for me like i'm learning to like enjoy or learn techno but it's not my style you know it's we don't have that in america and like i feel (laughs) that loss so much because i can't like 
I have a good music taste. I know I do, but I can't. You like, do. I've listened to your radio station. Thank Is you. that still available? Um. Yes. Uh, <laughs> we haven't made an episode in a few months. It's been a rough time, y'all. But um, it'll be coming back soon. You guys stay tuned. Um. But like, I have like a. I, I like my music taste, but it's here. Like, I don't find people who relate to that music taste a lot. So I feel that loss of like people that I can relate to, people that really understand the, the specific struggles that I'm going to stuff like that. I mean, the simple fact sometimes of just like. The way that like I wake up or my morning routine or whatnot is completely lost because it's a different place, you know. Um, heck, like I can't even get Disney Plus here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can. Not my Disney Plus. Like use a VPN. Yes, but like <laughs> it, there's obstacles you have to take to that. You know. Oh, you mean my Disney Plus? What show is missing on the German Disney Plus that you? I can't. To watch? Look, I can't. You technically can't log into Disney Plus as like it's not like it's not like Netflix where you log in anywhere. Uh -huh. you, you have to like have like a VPN or whatnot. Interesting. Um, and I don't have HBO Max as well. That yeah. was actually a loss for me. <laughs> um, and then Hulu. I can't get Hulu as well. That doesn't work with VPNs. So it, 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 it's, I know those are like small things, but like it, like I, I do feel that type of loss. And then I would say culture shock is some of those stories that I've had where I'm like, wow, I can't believe like for racism, for example, something yeah. that I still deal with here, you know, and that's a big culture shock for me. Um, so I definitely get that. I definitely get that. Um, so one of the things that you said that you um, challenge, or one of your biggest challenges with was the idea of like loneliness or whatnot. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Um, yeah. So I feel like I'm someone who is prone to feeling lonely in general, um, but I didn't realize what it would feel like when I'll move countries and then deal with. Um, like a completely blank canvas, right? Mm -hmm. Like I have to start over. And um, it with your old friends, like in India, first of all, it's a different time zone. And secondly, I've lost that shared context with them. So when I have to tell them about something, I have to explain everything. Yes, and it's yes. Exhausting. And yes. I'm like, it's fine. And there's so much to talk about. Uh, you you lose that closeness with mm -hmm. your old friends. Yes, yes. And then when you you meet new people here, it's a lot of work because mm -hmm. you have to tell them everything uh, about your life, and it's slow, and you're also overwhelmed and taking care of so many things. So you don't have these, you don't have a set of close friends that you're talking to. One hundred percent. Oh my gosh! If I have to explain someone my story one more time, I'm just going to start getting out. <laughs> <laughs> you want to know where I'm from or whatnot. But you made a great point. I was just talking to my friends back at home yesterday. And I was explaining them some of my challenges here. And it was literally me having to go, okay, so basically this is how it is here. Because you have to lay out the lay of the land. Yeah, You have to give them the context of that. And then you have to like then tell them the story so they understand. It's a lot of work. Yeah. And then vice versa with people here. You have to lay out your lay of the land, get them context or whatnot. It's a lot of effort. And sometimes it can be very exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> and then the most frustrating part, let me know if you if you agree. Um, I When I was an exchange student in the U.S. for one year, and then I came back, I experienced kind of reverse culture shock where for one thing, I just was a little brainwashed and thought everything was better there than it is here. Like it took a while for me to gain this intercultural competency and just to see these things are different. And like, you know, mm -hmm. there's good, like it, ta it takes time. I was 17, obviously. But the, the thing that is maybe related is people asking, so how was it? And then not really wanting to hear about it. Like they just want to hear, yeah, it was good. Like it was yes. fine. I was in San Francisco, whatever. And they're like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. And like not being able to relate at all with the deep, deep, profound experiences that I had made and not really wanting to hear about those. Like that was really not frustrating, but like a little disappointing. Disappointing almost. Yeah. Where you have this really profound experience. And people don't really care that much and can't really relate. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, even if you try to tell people what you're going through, they can't understand because mm -hmm. it's not their lived experience. Yeah. And it's it's difficult, you know. It's very difficult. And, like, one of the things that's been a very much of a challenge for me is, like, I talk to my parents about all the, the things that I'm going through here. And most of their response is always, oh, you can just come back. And... 
that I know I can come back, but it, it, it's something much deeper. That like, no, the answer is not to come back. I just want you guys to listen, understand that I'm going through obstacles right now, you know? Um, and that's like a, another challenging thing is like, I want to talk to my old friends and my, my family who know me well, and, but they can't help me problem solve in a way where they don't know anything about the situation. Right. Yeah. And there's so much of a gap. And then vice versa here, people here can't help me problem solve because they don't know my experiences or the situation I'm going through as well. So in a lot of ways, you do feel lonely. And one of the things I was thinking about was like, there's a lot of different types of loneliness. You know, you have the social loneliness, but also you have like, for me, I, which we're going to talk about in a future episode, but I've encountered at least three racist experiences already um, in the city. And that's a certain type of loneliness because I have no, a lot of people to relate to in those senses. Another loneliness is trying to find a house or find a place to live. You know, yes, everyone's struggling that with that, but you still feel alone in going through those things. Um, another loneliness, getting like, comfortable with the city in your own perspective, you know, something that no one else is going to be able to understand. So I realized that there's so many nuances to loneliness that you don't realize until you're actually here yes. and you're actually in this. And it's so ironic because Berlin, of all places, is such a big city. Mm-hmm. It's a huge city, you know? But it's, those are the places where you're most likely to be alone, yeah, right? Like 100%. if you were to live in a village, like you, you would probably ask to be lonely at some point yeah for sure. i mean yeah not uh, all of those things like not having people who can relate with you would be true there as well mm-hmm. but in a big city you can very much just literally be alone like mm-hmm. and not talk even if you do leave the house like not talk to or really talk to people for days on end and i think you see it like in the big cities there's just many people who are very lonely And it's kind of sad. Yeah. I mean, if you talk about villages or small towns, the sense of community is stronger. Yes. Everyone knows everyone. You do things together. In big cities, everyone's too busy or walking too fast or just, yeah. they, they don't seem as approachable, I yeah. guess. And yeah. what you said about nuances is so true. Um, because here, first of all, I have that... Um, I have the same problem when I try to talk to my family or friends and I tell them, you know, these are the negative emotions that I'm feeling. They'll say something like, but you're in Berlin. Mm-hmm. Why are you complaining? And I'm like, I'm not. I'm I'm happy. I'm, I'm so full of joy for being in Berlin. But it's more complicated than that. You know, I'm, there are also like all these other emotions that I'm feeling. And then you start asking more existential questions like, I'm thinking, who am I now in in a bigger context? Like, who are my people? What's home? And then you look different. You are different. So you feel like, how do people perceive me? Do they like me? Like, do they think I'm, I could be one of them? Can I be one of them? And that sense of individuality that you had in your country, you kind of lose it because again, you're trying to fit in because you want to belong so badly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I those existential crisis things it comes up a lot. Because, yeah, I am like, I'm not the same person I was whenever I was in uh, Texas, but also I don't really know who I am now here, you know, because you're also meeting so many different people. And you kind of go into this type of survival mode, you know, because you you want to adapt to as many people as you can. Like my, I was out with one of my friends yesterday and then we ran into like a guy, like he's a, he, we're both gay and like, you know, I, I have like a certain way I act with him. And then this other guy was started talking to us and he was straight. So my friend called me out for subconsciously acting more straight around this person. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, cause like, I'm trying to like context switching. Yes, yes, yes. Um, So I'm trying to like, 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 like subconsciously just try to adapt to type of person. So in that sense, then like, I'm like by myself, I'm like, who really was I in that sense of things, you know? Cause like I, I am both of those types of things, you know, like, like I can, and it's not even that I was acting more straight. It's just the way my mannerism, so like that kind of change. So you get very confused about yourself, yeah. here, you know? Um, and It's like, I, I want to be comfortable with that confusion and not knowing, you know, like what's all going on. But then also, I want to figure it out as well. Um, but it sometimes takes time. But then 
always, I don't know if you figured this out, I think about this too, but like, it's like, how much time should I take to figure it out? How much time is okay to feel lonely in the city? How much time is the right amount of time, you know? Yeah. Uh, that's one thing that I've been telling myself. Um, be patient. Slow down. It's all right not to have, uh, you know, strong bonds for a while. That yeah. happens through nurturing and giving time and energy to relationships. Yeah. And it's only been four months. And honestly, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I mean, I am a little bit special. I mean, I am special, but I'm also a little special <laughs> in the yes. sense that I probably... Really enjoy being alone more than most people, and I very vividly remember living in the U.S., living in Switzerland, living in Poland. The first six to eight months of those experiences, I was also very alone and lonely, and I enjoyed it so much. <laughs> I just remember, like, really loving this. Like, I was surrounded by people, but I didn't have any strong connections, mm -hmm. just like what you're describing, and I really enjoyed it. But the other thing that I've learned from my own experiences and so many people moving to Berlin and even Germans moving to Berlin have this feeling of I'm just lonely here in the beginning and the problem always takes care of itself. Like I'm sure we'll like address some things, some specific things that you can do, obviously, to, you know, make the process go faster. But I think even if you don't try at all, You can't really help, but after maybe a year, have kind of a circle of friends that you have a connection yeah. with. Yeah, that's very true. But then, though, I was also at to the whole going back to those different types of loneliness, though. That only saw, like, for me, I know that, like, I'll figure things out socially, right? Mm -hmm. But yeah. how do you deal with the other parts of the loneliness things, you know? Like, being a, like, for me, I'm the only Black American mm -hmm. from Texas that I know, you know? That's that will change in 30 years when Germany is much more diverse than it's now. I mean, it's, I mean, you guys are helping making Berlin mm -hmm. more diverse, but it's, it's so true. Like, it's still, if you compare it to New York City or even London, it's just a very white, white. city. It's so white. <laughs> yeah. I was not expecting this because I have been to places like Singapore and Dubai where you literally like see every type of color person yeah. everything and here sometimes i've gone to places where i haven't seen a non-white person yeah and right. it kind of makes you feel a bit uncomfortable because yeah. you feel like uh, you want to see people who look right different. Like, yeah yeah and do you ever can i ask do you, have you ever felt like someone was staring at you oh oh, oh, oh no all, all the, time. the time i tell my friends all the time like i'm like people are staring at me it's crazy people literally yeah. are and i i've watched people like, i can count how many like how long they'd stare at me It, that doesn't bother me because uh, we stare too. <laughs> <laughs> like I mean, Indian Germans stare. stare in general. Like it's a thing <laughs> for Germans to stare. It's a stereotype that's true. But I've heard from many black people that like they get stared at as if they were like, like what's happening? It's I crazy. Just, I'm, just, I'm tweaking the narrative. I'm just saying that's just because I'm so beautiful. That's <laughs> <laughs> the way to yeah. go. That is it. <laughs> yes. But like, like I think... Um, Going back to this whole idea of like loneliness, yeah, I think it does work itself out, but it it doesn't. I'll just be honest; it doesn't make the now easier to go mm -hmm. through. You know, like there's still so many times where I miss. I feel like I feel like just lost. You know, I feel in this limbo period, and then. In these moments, the reason why I don't like these moments is because that idea of do I go back home starts to speak louder and louder. You know, at the most vulnerable times, that's when it's like, do I stay and hold on to it? And how long do I stay and hold on to it? How long do I try to see how things go before, you know, like I end up calling it quits and stuff like that? Yeah, I hear you. I mean, I hope you don't. No, I'm not. I, it, it's a challenge for me at this point now. Like, like I, I, I just want to beat the game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes, when people tell you it's going to get better, this too shall pass. It doesn't help you if you're in the depths of yes. feeling despair and loneliness. It doesn't help. At that point, you want someone to come sit with you and yeah. be like, I know, Let I understand. Give you a hug. Yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah. And so what's your day-to-day -day now, Asta? Because you haven't told us, do you have a job here already? Like, what's, Yes. Okay, so, what, do you, what do you do? 
oh, after my husband got a job, I quit my job and I started looking uh, for jobs as well. And I didn't know there were so many startups in Berlin. And so I'm in marketing. I'm a content marketing manager. So when I started looking for jobs on LinkedIn, I saw that many of them wanted German speakers, but about like 30, 40% people were open to the idea of having uh, a native English speaker. So I applied to all of them and uh, I heard back from quite a few of them, actually. It's, it was amazing. I, I thought it, it was going to take me months to find something, but I got a job before we moved to Berlin. Amazing. So it was just like... I you was, too. <laughs> yeah. You guys have figured it out. <laughs> See, for, ironically, the job part was the easy part. Yeah. <laughs> it's everything else that was like the... like. Terrifying. The life part. The life part, you know, like typically it's the job that is always the obstacle. But in this city, in this case, it was like like that, you know. Um, so yeah, so like, do you work from home? Are you like, do you go into the office or whatnot? Yeah, so it's a remote first job. Gotcha. Uh, okay. So I work from home. I also have the option to go and work from office. Mm-hmm. So I prefer working from home because I get distracted really easily. So mm-hmm. I, I can focus better at home. But I go to office for all the parties. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> to meet people. Yes. Uh, yeah, so it, it's been really good. I mean, that that whole flexible lifestyle is really working out for me. Mm-hmm. That's really good. And have you, like, I, I know you say, like, some people, like, have come and gone. But, like, have you picked up on any potential, like, friendships or whatnot that you you do see that can become, like, deeper or whatnot through time? Yes. Um, but it's hard to predict right now where these friendships are For going. Because sure. they're all still very surface level right now. Yes. Yeah. It's not like I've bared my soul to anyone yet. For and sure. are they with uh, other expats? Or are they with Germans? More with expats. um, Because when I moved here, I joined these international groups. So there's a Facebook group called Girl Gone International, Mm -hmm. which is a women-only thing. uh, But it's super fun. There are so many people there just planning picnics and um, parties. And, you know, so many events keep happening within that group. Uh, so that was one. And then there's another one called International Friends in Berlin on Facebook. So really cool bunch of people. And uh, that's yeah. that's been good. That, I found more international people in those groups because they're meant for expats. Totally. Yeah. I haven't I done mean, that yet, actually. There's so many groups like that on Facebook, I'm sure, also on Meetup. I've also used these groups when I was new in a city. There's also like new in... Berlin or like these kind of new in groups and I mean obviously it's like a really easy way to meet people without also feeling awkward because everybody knows nobody (laughs) nobody knows anybody Um, but it doesn't mean that you're going to become friends with those people right and the problem is that Germans so often have their circle of friends often from like their school days or kindergarten days like even yeah some of my best friends are from the time that i went to school and then university that's also where you may meet a lot of friends and then from a job that i had for many years but these days i don't like i don't f- feel the need to find new friends so I, and i think most people who've grown up here don't and so they would never go to these groups and then the people who go to those groups are obviously also coming and going and going back and i think it's just harder you know than if you just i think if you come here to study it's probably a lot easier yes that's what i've always thought about i'm like if i was a student here because it like the one thing that i realized that makes it easier to make friends is if you have a neutral thing that you guys have to do routinely all right. the time. That and there's a really great article or blog post from Wait But Why. Do you guys know that yeah. blog? Yeah, yeah, he's really good. And um, he has a, a a thing about how friendships happen. Uh, and he has like a whole theory about it. And um, one of his theories is that you need a lot of time that you're spending without any goals or kind of expiry date. So like going to the movies 
and then going home or having dinner and then going home like those things are great when you're already a f- already friends but they d- they're not enough to form a friendship what you need to form a friendship is just extended periods of time where you just hang out mm-hmm. essentially you're just in the same place by necessity because of school or because you're studying together or work yeah. And you're not really doing anything. Mm-hmm. That's a good basis for a friendship. Yeah. That's so true. When you're doing the mundane things like errands or chores together or right. getting bored together. Yeah. And seeing your highs and lows. I mean, that's what friendship is. I mean, at a certain point, friendship it just becomes you're just chilling with each other and right. stuff. And that's all we all want, I think, is just people just to chill with and be comfortable with. And like, that's why like, I get it. When people aren't open for friendships here, I get it because I want at some point you you do find your click and you're comfortable with your click. You know, um, it's just really hard, like especially if you're just in that new new space of things of doing that and stuff. That's why some of those groups are really cool because like they will they do have some routine type of things or whatnot, and if you go to them constantly, then you'll maybe see the same exact people or whatnot. And then that makes it easier, you know, to form friendships as well. Yeah. And you can, I think, I mean, you're both extroverted. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. So I think as extroverted people, you can take the initiative and then take it one step further. Because the problem with these meetups is they happen and then you talk and maybe there's someone that you that you think, hey, this this is someone interesting, but then nothing ever happens. And like if you say, like, hey, next weekend we're going to play beach volleyball and we're inviting these three other people, like someone needs to take the initiative and make the friendship forming happen, you know? Exactly. And that's one thing that I've like I realize a lot and like I am always that person and sometimes it gets exhausting being in that person, but it's necessary, you know? And like, if, if you want to really make friends here, then you, you might be the one who is always putting in the effort. Now there is one, there is a certain point where you're doing it way too much. That person not reciprocating, then you, you shouldn't stop. But like, I definitely in the beginnings, um, it's just, it's, it's a good idea. Like, at least for me, I would like to say at least I tried. Yeah. You know, and I think like, and it does help sometimes. You know, like I'll reach out to people. I'm like, hey, we haven't spoken forever. How you doing? Right. You know, and those are good because also people just get busy. People get distracted from other things. You know, Berlin is a lot. So if you want to keep these um, friendships up, there's a lot of self-accountability that, that you have to put into play yeah. with it. Yeah, that's what I'm struggling with right now. Like, there are so many people I've met once. Right. Because we went out for dinner or we had a picnic and it was lovely and we had a great time. But no one is, <laughs> like, reaching out to each other mm-hmm. and we are not. Like, it's effort. Yeah, and, it's effort, yeah. Um, some, A lot of times I'm just too tired or sometimes you're not in the mood. Yes, right. It just doesn't happen. Exactly. So it's not organic. Yeah, that's for sure. Problem. For sure. And that's one of the things where sometimes you have to wait for the organic. You know, it's, it's, it's like throwing a whole bunch of like sticky paper to the wall and just seeing what sticks, you yeah. know, um, which is a lot of work to do. But eventually it does like happen. And about the kind of hanging out without any agenda, like I did this for my birthday this year where I took some of my best friends and we just went to Leipzig for a weekend. With no plans, nothing, like no dinner, like nothing. We just had an Airbnb and we just hung out. We we did go to one like escape room game, which was also really a, a really good friendship experience to do that together. But that's what, that was like the only thing that we had like planned and scheduled. Mm-hmm. And like just hanging out and then playing board games at night and being hung over the next morning was literally the best time I had with yeah. my friends. And so I think this stuff can be done even earlier. You know, like once you have those three people where you're like, this, these these are interesting people, don't schedule the next dinner or the next movie night or the next. Just say, hey, how about we take a weekend trip to the city and you mm-hmm. book accommodation and nothing else. And you just literally hang out, I think. Yeah. That's, that's my new theory that that's the best way to find friends. Yes, I agree. And there's also one thing that I always love to do for new friends on Sunday, Sundays is a great day to hang out with new friends. It's a very chill day, very neutral day. Most people aren't really that busy on Sundays. I always say Mauer Park. Mauer Park is a really great 
neutral grounds to go to on a Sunday um, because he, there's a lot going on there. You have the flea market, you have performers, you have music, you have a huge park and you can sit and do nothing, but you also can sit and do nothing and also be distracted, you know? So it's not yeah. like there's too much pressure to talk to each other or to put in so much effort or whatnot. You can literally sit there and just listen to music and be okay. Um, and I think if you're able to find things like that to do, those are really good. Also, they're, they're free opportunities as well because eating out, going to clubs, that adds up really quickly. Um, you can't do all, You can't do that all the time as well. Yeah, I love Mauer Park. Mauer Park it's is just great. the vibe. And that's a good point because before coming to Berlin, I did a road trip with two of my closest friends. And the agenda was to just have no agenda. We were just sitting by the beach reading or meditating or not talking. And conversations would just start uh, right. mm -hmm. like out of nowhere. And we would be having this like really profound exchange of ideas and personal stories. And I was like, wow, like if you just give it that time, mm -hmm. if you let it spread out mm -hmm. over a three day period, it, it can be magical. Yeah. And if I had met them just for a, a movie or lunch, it wouldn't, right. it would have been really just like exchange of updates and that's yes. it. But do you ever like get to a point where like, like this whole idea of no effort thing is great, right? But at least for me, I'm an overthinker. So like, I never know when I need to put in more effort and when I need to not put in more effort, you know? And well, like, I don't know if there's like a right or wrong to that, but like, like let's say for example, we were just talking about how, you know, putting in the effort to get a group together or reach out or whatnot, but then also the putting in no effort to plan something and letting things happen naturally. What do you do? Which one do you choose? How do you know which one is the best at what certain, what certain time or whatnot? So I'm trying to find the balance uh, between the two because I realized that when I moved here, I wanted to do too much at the same time. I was just constantly in a state of FOMO. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, that's this is happening and that is happening. And my friends are doing this. And it was a lot. And I realized that I was not taking care of my mental health. And I was kind of slipping into depression and I had no idea why. And I realized later that's because I had just packed my life up and I was just doing things instead of just being still and mm -hmm. feeling things so I don't make the effort if I truly don't feel yeah, like yeah. from the inside sometimes you're just feeling lazy and a little bit low but you know that if you do something if you go somewhere you'll feel better mm -hmm. in those cases I push myself a little bit and I'm like you know what today I'm just going out I'll ask some people mm -hmm. let's see if they join me mm -hmm. but sometimes if I feel anxiety or if I feel like no I, I I don't think I should push myself today I don't mm -hmm. so I'm not feeling um, this constant need to be around people as much as I did uh, in the first two months mm -hmm. gotcha. what about people who aren't extroverted at all and are maybe literally scared to go to one of those meetups because then you have to introduce yourself and talk to people I don't, I don't have the answer. I'm asking you guys. Mm. <laughs> What can we do for the introverts out there? Um, that is a tricky question. Because I mean, like, it really does depend on your comfortability levels. Um, I mean, there are like apps now, like Bumble, Best Friend or whatever. Yeah. Like dating apps, but for friendships. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Have, mm -hmm. Didn't you write about yeah. that? Did you try I that out? I used it. Okay. Yeah. So what, what was the experience? I actually love the experience because uh, it's like dating, but the intention is really clear that you're just you're just looking for people to hang out with and you can really personalize your profile and add like fun little bits about yourself so i wrote like a really funny introduction mm -hmm. and, can we uh, can we read it can you show it to us i can just tell you about it like okay. i wrote about how um i'm into like uh i'm into serial killers <laughs> like i i love <laughs> true crime Uh, I consume it in every format. And then things like, they asked, are you an early bird or a night, uh, night owl? And I said, I'm an evening pigeon. Because <laughs> like, I love evenings. It's my favorite time. Mm -hmm. And just things like that. So people can really, uh, people will reach out to you if they resonate with those mm -hmm. things. And I, I connected with some really cool people. Like I loved my Bumble BFF experience. Um, and It was like just easy uh, mm -hmm. because over there people are looking 
for the same thing like they are in the mood they are like highly intentional about meeting people and then when you meet them they'll tell you man it's so hard to yeah <laughs> it's so hard making friends and in fact with my bumble bff connections i had more honest and real conversations yeah than with like these group meetups cuz it's one on one right and you're both desperate it's not like <laughs> a bumble ad we're not no. <laughs> sponsored by bumble <laughs> But yeah, it makes sense to me. And that I think it would work much better for introverts, right? Because it's just, you kind of get to know each other a little bit before you even meet. And then when you meet, it's just one other person to yeah. be with. And in group situations, sometimes you don't like certain people. Yeah. Like they're right. loud. There's yeah. always the annoying loud person. Always. Who is like, you're too much. we're trying <laughs> to have a conversation here. Get yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> like they'll just talk 90% of the time and they are like, No saying all these racist things without even realizing yeah. it. Right. There's always that person. Are yeah. they American? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think yeah, apps are definitely I would say good if you're like oh, maybe on the intro spec um introvert type of side. I mean, Facebook groups can be good for that as well if you are able, you know, to c converse behind the screen and then maybe find pick out the people that you do want I think though like this city like I hate to say it, but it is a city where you, you got to make effort whether you yeah. are not a, whether you're an introvert or not you know like is Berlin is not a city for everybody I, we, I just we'll put that out there but it is a city that you do have to put out the effort no matter what you know and I mean it can be very daunting and very scary And sometimes it won't always work. But like I always mention, I always say, it's like, it's not a reason to give up. It's not a reason to think that you're not going to find your clique or you're not going to find your tribe. Not everybody's for you. And to be fair, you don't want everybody to be for you. You want to find people that you relate to. You want to find people that you vibe with a lot. And that's going to, it does take time, you know? It does take um, patience and it does take vulnerability, but also relaxing and also knowing that it's not you. Is not your fault. And it's not something that you could be doing differently. I have that problem a lot. My self-talk gets really yeah. bad when I get lonely. Um, and I find that I'm blaming myself. I'm like, why can't I find these types of people? Why am I struggling this way? Why is this so hard? Why is this happening to me? Why is everything happening to me? You know, and I think it's very important to remind yourself that like, is not you. It's not something that you're doing wrong. It's just, it's a challenging situation. You know, I'm not going to say it's bad or whatnot, but it's a challenge, you know, and challenges are challenges for a reason. You know, if they weren't challenges, they would be very easy. And Berlin is not easy. But I remember in one of your episodes, you said that you just walk up to people and you strike conversations. I do, yes. Yeah. But I think if we're talking, but still though, like, that's still a lot surface level. And that there's still a difference though of having those conversations and then becoming friends. You know, I can talk to strangers like that. That's never the hard part for me. It is the friendship building that's yeah. always the hard part for me. What do you think um, are the downsides and upsides of having moved here as a couple? In terms of finding friends. Um, I'm super happy I moved here with a partner. Because it gives you so much strength to just know that there is this one person. And, you know, we've cried together. <laughs> Some days we've just been so exhausted and tired and we've just hugged each other. Like we depend on each other a lot. Uh, emotionally and in every single way and he he has his own journey I have my own I mean we are having different experiences in terms of like what the move is doing to us emotionally and spiritually but we are there for each other so mm -hmm. for me it's a huge um, uh, it, it's comfortable to be with someone mm -hmm. because if I had moved alone I would have been a lot More like I would have been lonelier yes, and in both. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> Tell me about it. Yeah, <laughs> that's really nice. Do you guys like? Have you guys found any other couples who are like in that same position or whatnot? Um, we, uh, one of my college friends is is here as well with her husband, and mm -hmm. I know her from college. So having them, uh, just you know, for us, they're always there for us because. 
we just call them and we have that shared context again mm-hmm. so that's also been really nice um but we are very different people he's introverted mm-hmm. and i feel like i'm the one who constantly needs this outlet and this need to express and connect sure. and bond and he's just like i'm good yeah. <laughs> you can go and do your social stuff and he's more into tech and like for him a good day would be like setting up his computer or like mm-hmm. getting a new sound system so he's like on ebay like clang i'm saying Kleinzeigen? Kleinzeigen. He finished it for you. Yeah, so he's there like looking at deals and you know, that's that's him. So mm-hmm. I don't push him and I don't expect him to do mm-hmm. all these social activities with me. But uh, sometimes we do. Sometimes we do go and meet people and it's it's nice. It, it can also be a risk, obviously, right? Because if you have that person who's just always there, I mean, you sound like you have the drive to go out and find friends, but I think in many couples, there's this risk to, you know, I don't need to go out and find friends because I have someone at home who mm-hmm. I can connect with and that's enough. Yeah. I know people like that, but I feel like we both have our own individual personalities and our own interests. Like he's into trains and airplanes so he went to um technisches museum yes and he also went to the airbus museum in hamburg and i was like goodbye i'm like <laughs> so not interested in that <laughs> i might go for a spoken word uh, fest and he'd just get bored out of his mind mm-hmm. you know so we do the, do those things and we also when we came here we didn't want to be in a state of comfort all the time like i haven't joined any indian groups because if you join an indian group people tend to talk about the same things eat the same things mm-hmm. and just i mean you could have done that in india mm-hmm. you know For if sure. you've moved here i want to be around people who are nothing like me mm-hmm. i want to be with people who tell me things that i i don't even know yeah so we we ma- we make sure that we we do that like we are always open mm-hmm. to like new things and new people. Yeah. Have you gone to any Indian restaurants in Berlin and can you recommend one? Because my experience having gone to India is that Indian restaurants in Germany are nothing like <laughs> restaurants in India like it's I mean they have to change it to a degree because every Indian est- restaurant I went to in India I told them no spice I at all like nothing don't put anything in there because what you then get is what you get in germany if you say yeah you can make it pretty spicy for me I'm, i'll be fine yeah yeah for me it's not so much about the spice even i don't like a food that is too spicy but it's about the flavor yeah, the right yeah. flavor mm-hmm. i think here what you get is the very european version of indian food yeah. it's like white indian food right <laughs> so they they use like one masala like uh, mm-hmm. spice which is like a mix of everything and it doesn't taste like authentic indian food mm-hmm. yeah. uh but i did um go to one restaurant it's called yummy kitchen mm-hmm. it had really good south indian food mm-hmm. um and there's one more called amama which is a sri lankan food but sri lanka and india share a lot of uh, cuisines mm-hmm. so we ended up having some really good food and the waiter came and he was asking us like do you like the food and i just went yes <laughs> and i freaked him out because he was like wow that was an intense reaction <laughs> i have to add those to my list then but um my next question for you is do you find that like so you said that you don't like necessarily want to always like um click with like maybe like your people that you've gone from home with or whatnot but do you find that if you need people that they're they're people that you can rely on or whatnot yes so this mm-hmm. is another really interesting experience that i had so i knew i was very clear in my head that i wasn't going to just hang out with indian people mm-hmm. but i didn't realize that um if i hang out with the right kind of indian people it would be such a soothing and comf- comforting experience mm-hmm. because it's not so much about oh like are you indian non indian it's just like your soul should connect with that yeah. person it's, it's it's like hanging out with um a human being that uh, that's like minded but if you add the extra layer of like oh they're also from india and they know so much about 
life there. So I met someone like a friend of a friend uh, who's Indian and she's married a German guy and they're living together here. It was so amazing to meet her because I realized I hadn't talked about Indian politics in so long. And I feel a lot about politics and social issues. And I can't talk to anyone here because mm. no context, right? Yeah. So we talked about like just culture, social issues. And I I felt like this is also important. Mm. Like it's amazing to meet new people, but at the same time, you are going to be, um, you're going to have your roots somewhere and mm-hmm. the, the, how you grow up and how you, who you are. Um, it's important to meet mm-hmm. people who have that kind of background mm-hmm. and shared stories. So I love that experience. And I've realized now I'm open to anyone who's, who I can vibe with. <laughs> yes, I, I'm the same exact way. But do, do you ever like feel though that like, sometimes like like not everybody that you come like that you guys come from the same country with is your friend like for me not every american i relate to not every texan in berlin do i relate to (laughs) no Uh, there are so many indians i just find absolutely annoying and i would just stay like 20 feet away from them because i know how they think and how Mm -hmm. they are so it's true like i would it's just about like looking at people and and realizing that okay they they're like you or they yeah. they're nice or not it's not about like f- finding an indian person and then you're automatically friends it's just that if you find someone you could be friends with and you have this shared cultural background then it's like ah oh, finally i can talk to someone about yes this. yes yeah right yeah it's like exactly du- it's like a double whammy yeah, yeah. yeah. asta where can people uh, befriend you on the internet you have a podcast Oh, yes, uh, I do. I started a podcast during the pandemic because I was lonely again. <laughs> so I thought I would talk it to a microphone. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I also called my friends and we had conversations. Um, it's called Words and Not Much Else. You can find it anywhere, Spotify, Apple. And um, I also, you can find me on Instagram, which is Asta Prakash, which is my name. A-S-D-H-A-P-R-A-K-A-S-H. And yeah, that's that's it. Well, thank you so much for reaching out to us and for being on our podcast. I mean, like it was really, I love your energy. And being vulnerable. Like, yeah. It's really good to hear these realistic stories and not just the same three tips on how to find friends. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Thank you so much for calling me. I'm so excited because... I, you both have been a part of my journey from the very beginning. Oh. I started listening to this podcast when I was still in India. So I've, I've like experienced your move to Berlin. So it's amazing. And yeah, thanks for calling me.